Welcome along, everybody. We are back for another In the Cockpit podcast. It's uh, episode number four. We're flying through these episodes. Fantastic stuff indeed. And, uh, of course, Sean is here as well. He's got his uh, lovely tropical background back, uh, looking beautiful as usual, uh, with his lovely pink headset as well, modelling it and styling it very nicely. And, and we've got a special guest. Um, special guest, would you reveal yourself? Hello, hello. Well, nice there you go. That's, 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 uh, we've got Emerson, of course. Emerson is the special guest uh, this uh, this podcast. Of course, he's a, a fantastic league racer, plenty of experience and uh, plenty of wins under his belt. Sean doesn't agree, of course, because of course Sean is the best league racer. Uh, <laughs> take a bow, Sean, and uh, don't fall off the screen. <laughs> I can't move, so yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've got Emerson with us today. Obviously, he's going to uh, add, add a few bits and pieces, and obviously, we'll we talk to him about his uh, perspective of league racing and things like that. And uh, of course, it'll be a bit different to um, mine and Sean's because um, we are hopeless, even though Sean thinks he's the best. But um, yeah, there we go. So um, we'll start off. Of course, um, we want to do a recap, obviously, on uh, on how the last couple of races went uh, in HDE. Of course, um, we've, we missed we missed last week uh, for unfortunate events. Um, so we've got a couple of races to catch up on. We've got, of course, the Portimao race, which was the first time that HD has ever raced around Portimao, which was very nice indeed, in my opinion. It looked very nice watching it. Um, and then, of course, the Spain race as well. So, um, yeah, we'll start with Emerson. So, uh, Emerson, how do you rec- how did you think your um, your Portimao race went? First of all, uh, we'll start with the Portimao one because, of course, it was round six. So. Uh, well, yeah, obviously it was about two weeks ago now, so it's not exactly fresh in the memory, but it's one of the ones I wanted to probably forget about, to be honest, because it wasn't, well, I'd probably put it down as probably one of my worst, I think, over ALR and HD and PB and everything, it was just, the, the track quite itself is quite difficult, I think, and yeah, I just struggled massively, um, I didn't really do a lot of practice for it and everything, which I probably should have done, but it's just a re- relatively hard track to kind of get your setup right, because obviously you've got that super long straight and then a lot of high-speed corners as well. So to get the Hakar right, especially on this game in general, to be honest, it's just relatively difficult to to get it right. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think I got involved in a few incidents here or there. Ended up spinning towards the end, trying to go for the fastest lap, so I didn't even score a point. So yeah, it was pretty bad uh, Portugal for me personally, which is a shame because I really like the track, but I just couldn't, yeah, you know, I couldn't get it stuck. And yeah, I just ended up having a pretty crappy race. <laughs> unfortunate as well but how how did it go for you sean i'm sure i'm sure the stories will be much different over on your side oh i was doing amazing until um <laughs> until me and um an unfortunate emu came across each other going into the pit lane so <laughs> less than about that the better i think <laughs> i think we both had the same idea unfortunately i didn't realize the pit lane was on the right hand side anyway um <laughs> <laughs> i think uh, I, I, I wouldn't say you were doing that amazing unfortunately but um yeah of course it was all going to come back to you later on in the race i, I would imagine definitely um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> he had it under control. Sean was going to get that win, but unfortunately, uh, yeah, decided to go. Not just to win the Grand Slam. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing grand about my slam. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> but um, you just touched on it there a, a little bit, uh, Emerson, as well. Um, Portimao being a good, well, like I said, you don't mind the track. You think it's a good track to race on as well. Um, Obviously, we've had the three tracks, and we've had we've raced the three tracks already in uh, in the HD calendar as well, Imola um, and Jeddah earlier on. Um, out of the three, which ones? Well, how would you rank them? Which ones are the best, or which one is the best, and then all the way down to the third best sort of thing? Um, 
Can I do them from... Well, I don't really like any of them, particularly on the game, okay, That's fair weirdly. <laughs> so my least... No, my most least favourite, so the one that I like the most... Does that make sense? Is Jeddah, because yeah. mm. I feel like over one lap, if you do hook it up, it is quite nice. But it's just so hard to follow another car. And if you make that mistake, you're in a wall and it's just going to end up in damage. And you've got to be on it. And it's probably one of the hardest, I think, track-wise. And I'd probably put it harder than Monaco because in Monaco, you've got the slower speed corners to and it's just a lot easier to keep kind of get a flow with Jeddah. If you mess up one corner, you just have a knock-on effect for the next whole sector or two sectors, really, if you get it wrong at the beginning of the second. Um, and it's quite close between Imola and uh, Portimao. But I think I'd probably pick Imola just because of, I don't know, the history of it. I quite like the fact that F1's back there. And um, yeah, I, I quite like the layout of it. And it's it's kind of got a bit of everything. Maybe it needs a few more slower corners for an uh, overtaking opportunity, but you do have the long straight again at the start, finish straight uh, to kind of make a move. But I think they maybe need to redesign the first, well, second turn, I suppose, is probably Sean would probably tell because there's a slight kink um, going into turn two. But um, yeah, I think they maybe need to do something, maybe it like make it a, a hairpin or something along the lines of that because I don't think the, the braking zone's heavy enough to... You can overtake there, but... If it was a slower speed corner rather than just more of a flow in, you might be able to get a lot more moves done there potentially. Um, but yeah, then Portimao, I'd probably, on the game anyway, is probably my least favourite, only because uh, was it the start of, is it turn eight, Sean, when you're going up the hill and yeah, do you know where I mean? Seven, the, I think it is. The, what, the, the, yeah. the one where it sort of spins you around if you, if you yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's just yeah. it's just super hard to get right, but um, it's it's a nice track. I just don't particularly like it on this game, so that, that's my opinion on them anyway. I've and got Sean, a question Sean, for you. Well, I've got a question for both of you. Um, I was watching the 2020 um, season review earlier on, and um, they was going through all those classic tracks. Which one would you pick that you would add on to this year's Formula 1 2021 game? What, of those three? Out of the... Uh, out of the ones that we had for F1 2020, it's like Mugello, uh, Nürburgring, Turkey. I'm sure there's one more. <laughs> well, personally, personally, uh, well, it sort of ties in with the with the with the three tracks as well, the, the three new tracks on the game, yeah. and in, obviously in the calendar as well. Um, I I do like racing Imola uh, on the game. Um, I think it's a great track actually. Um, once you get the setup right. Um, Obviously, I'm not amazingly fast around there, but um, I think the setup, well, setup-wise, it is it is great racing around there. It's great fun, so it's my favourite out of the three. And then, um, so I would include that as well, Sean. Um, I would say that that was one of probably um, one of the tracks that I would have liked to add in, and it was added anyway. Um, and then Turkey, just for the nostalgia of it and the and the flow of the track i think it's absolutely mm. fantastic track and it's a shame that we haven't got it in the game and it's a shame we don't race on it pretty much every season in formula one real life as well to be honest uh, in my opinion and it's also a shame that code masters hasn't got the second classic track that it promised us but never mind um. <laughs> yes well yeah on about that they i remember in all the way back to the beginning of well before the game was released they said two historic tracks and I think one of them is China. Unfortunately, I did say it was going to be China. Uh, one of them was going to be China. 
Um, What's the I second the, one then? I thought the other one was going to be Vietnam. <laughs> Imola, isn't <laughs> it? It's just easy to easy to put in. No, because they said that they were going to have Imola, Portimao, and Jeddah added to the added to the game as well. Anyway, so they were going to have three those three tracks added, then two historic tracks, and then five short tracks as well. But none of that's happened so far. Um, and that's so. Australia counts as a historic track because it wasn't on last year's calendar. <laughs> You're just grabbing technically the anyway. Said, no, uh, there's no yeah, technically about maybe, it. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Back anyway, in my day, well, you would get this. <laughs> so, wow, what, what, what were you going to add? Sorry, uh, what the, the track of the, of the tracks that we raced on in 2020? Well, the real life calendar raced on 2020. Which ones would you add, Emerson, to to the game to the calendar? I think, like you said, Turkey. I think it's a crime that it's not on the game, to be honest, because it's not like Codemasters haven't had it. I think the last one was 2011, I believe, the last game we had it. And, um, I mean, it's a great track. Like, they've literally... Okay, yeah, I get now, obviously, technology's come on a bit way, so the way that they scan tracks or whatever, how they put it in the game's obviously changed, but they must have some sort of baseline where they could still put it in for us, even if it wasn't up to, like, the standards of what it is now, where I think people would still find it fun. Um... And yeah. then the Nürburgring as well, because I've always liked it. Uh, again, I think maybe the last game that was on was 2012, I want to say. 13. Or 30. Yeah, because they used to alternate between mm. Hockenheim, didn't they, and Nürburgring. Um, yeah, I think that track should be on there. And I don't think it would be work great on this game particularly, but maybe next year it would, because obviously on this one, it's quite a slim track and there's not really that many players to overtake, uh, especially with how these cars specifically are on this game. And, well, the, the design of this game is hard to overtake anyway. So maybe on the next game, or the last game potentially, they would have been good. But that's what I would like to see for Code Masters next year. Just, we'll just add, I don't get see why they don't just add loads of tracks do you know what i mean like they've got yeah. they've had it before where they had hareth uh we've had brands hatch and obviously all the other ones aren't on the calendar now but the games have been on there i mean i don't see i don't guess it's probably down to licenses and stuff like that but do you know what i mean i think they should try and just get as many as they possibly can onto the game just because it would just i think one it would get people playing it more and two it would keep it more relevant and fresh for a longer yeah. period of time what i was going to say on that is that like i said with the licenses i think obviously they are the official f1 game so they have mm. to follow the well i don't think they have to but they need to follow the sort of official f1 guidelines and, and that have contracts and well. so yeah exactly if the track has got a contract then they can be added to the game the contract will probably have a part in it which is saying you're all that you're going to be added to the Codemasters Formula 1 franchise game or something like that so well uh, the FIA and Codemasters need to pull their finger out I think and you know get us some good content that we deserve there we go then that's the <laughs> case closed Emerson's going to be uh, off the Codemasters now to, uh, to sort of sign the petition link in the yeah. description <laughs> yeah, to uh, sort out all the glitches as well with you at the just uh, more tracks <laughs> more tracks but more glitches at the same time yeah. probably that's probably what's going to happen <laughs> um, but yeah so I think um, yeah like I said to be fair the, like, all the old tracks that have been on the old games I know even to be even to be fair to Codemasters Jeddah is not a realistic copy of the actual track obviously they were do. I think they finished the build for Jeddah in the game before Jeddah was finished real, in real life. <laughs> yeah, so it's only like a week or two before be we actually race there. there wasn't anomalies it? there, yeah. There's going to be anomalies there where they don't get it. We can't get it right. Mm. Um, but 
I think obviously, like you said, for for, for likes of Turkey, for for Imola as well. Obviously, they they had Imola in the game before as well. Um, yeah, they they've had that opportunity to add that sort of thing in, and it should be it would be good if they did, like you said, do sort of like a maybe not a DLC pack, but like like a like a Call of Duty map pack or something like where you got extra tracks. Um, but just added new tracks, maybe just adding new track and adding a new track for a, a temporary time and taking another one out or something like that. Um, even if it was like so, it was free. Um, that'd be all right, I think. And then we could do events and stuff like that on on league racing and stuff. Would be good. But yeah, um, we sort of sidetracked away from. We were talking about Spain in HDE. Uh, we're going to go back now. Uh, sorry, we're talking about Port- Portugal in in, uh, in HDE. And now, obviously, because we missed a week, we had Portugal and then we had Spain as well. Um, we'll go back to Emerson again. How did your Spain race go? Well, uh, it didn't go as well as I thought it would. To be honest, again, it kind of had a bit of a shocker. Um, weirdly, got a five-place grid penalty in Q3, which was really annoying. Not really anyone's fault, particularly, but I'm not going to go into that too much detail. But um, yeah, the game decided to just give me a five-place grid penalty, which pushed me all the way back to 11th, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, <coughs> I think starting on the hards was probably quite a bad idea as well, because I didn't really realise how far the mediums could actually go before they started dropping off. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I kind of just fell back a bit at the start, obviously because there were a lot of people around me on mediums. Um and then there was a virtual safety car, so I thought I'd take advantage of that and take the mediums to the end at that point. But as I was literally going into the pit lane, it was ending, so I kind of didn't even get the, uh, any kind of advantage from it. So it was a bit of a stupid... Well, not stupid, it was just kind of like a stab in the dark, a kind of a risk to try and get myself further up the grid, but it kind of backfired. But I still managed to get 10th at the end because I didn't get any penalties or anything. But usually... Uh, it's one of my better tracks, which is a bit of a shame that I didn't get as good a result. But yeah, I was quite far off the pace. Uh, not too bad in quality because it was wet and I quite like the wet. I feel like I kind of adapted the conditions. Um, but yeah, I think I should have been P5 in quality, which would have maybe made my race a hell of a lot easier than what it was in the end. But yeah, it is what it is. And we now go on to Monaco, I suppose, and try and keep that out of the walls, which is going to be fun. <laughs> That'd be a great one. Uh, go on, Sean. Just a quick question then. Um, Emerson, um, you, of course, you're the most successful driver in the ALR um, uh, history, uh, well, era, I should say, uh, with like you basically won one third of your Grand Prix events in, I think, 106 starts, 33 odd wins or something like that. Ridiculous um, stats. Um, wins are hard to come by at the moment, and only one podium um, this season as well. How do you find it racing the mid pack now? Because it's a completely different psyche, isn't it? I mean, it's very similar to what Damon Hill had in 97, really. Well, not to the extreme. I'm not saying they're joining the Narrows now, but um, <laughs> but it's um, now you're like um, fighting not as near the front as what you normally are. So how do you how do you um, process that? Honestly, I've not done it very well. I've quite hard to get your head around it, to be honest, because you sort of just go from being at the top of your game to just struggling. Um, so, yeah, it's, I mean, it's kind of my own fault because... On the last game, obviously, we had COVID and lockdown and stuff. So we had a lot of time to to pump into the game where now I'm working a lot. So it, I don't have as much time anymore to practice like I probably would want to, um, which is obviously a shame because I'd love to be fighting at the top. So some races when I kind of just get a little bit lucky with finding a setup relatively early on in the week and a track that I know, um, like Bahrain, for example, I, that was a really good race and I probably could have potentially even won it if I'd 
maybe just play the race out a little bit differently. But um, yeah, I thought maybe this season it would be a lot different. And I thought I'd be maybe be able to be a, uh, a lot further up the grid. But the grid this year is very, very competitive, obviously, as we know. So a tenth here is huge now compared to what it was before. Um, so you can't really afford to make any of those mistakes. So, um, yeah, it's just frustrating more than anything. Um, but I, I haven't really got on with this game as much as I did the last one anyway. So it's kind of a factor of two things. So it's a bit annoying when you come out of the race and you're only scrapping like a few points here and there or compared to like getting a podium or something. It doesn't feel as satisfying. Um, but that's just the winning mentality in me, really. I think it's just you want to be at the very top and winning is part of the fun. Um, but just, I still have fun, obviously, otherwise I, just, I wouldn't be doing it anymore. But um, yeah, it's just, yeah, frustrating is probably what I'd summarise the whole thing. I think what you've got to sort of take into account as well, and you did touch on it there as well, is that comparing grids, um, the grid this season is so much more competitive. And like you said, it is that, well, not even just temps, it's thousands and, and hundreds of, of a second um, that can play a factor in where you start in the race. Obviously, like I said, with the with the grid penalty, it didn't make a difference really. But um, like I said, you you could have been starting fifth or maybe fourth or something like that. Obviously, with that with that few uh, few milliseconds sort of um, increase uh, or increase to lap time. So, like I said, it's it is that that factor will obviously mean that some people who like yourself who were starting probably like pretty much starting P P two or one sort of thing. Uh, previous seasons, like coming in and obviously having to do that, uh, having to sort of fight with the with more of the more drivers rather than just the odd two or three sort of thing, um, and yeah, obviously we've seen a lot of people like it is more much more competitive, and a lot of people obviously don't like it so well. So yeah, it's um, like I said, fair play to keep to keep them going. To be fair, and um, like I said, it is difficult. Um, even when I, when I, when I sometimes pop up in a race, um, I'm only there just to make up numbers, obviously. But uh, uh, I, if, especially in Division One, even to be fair, in Division Two as well, I'm like these these times are incredible. To be fair, so even even getting in some get in in the points in Division in Division One is um, yeah something that you could only, well I can only dream of, uh, and Sean probably just doesn't know what it is so you can't even dream of it <laughs> so. all, all I know is good job the 107% rule doesn't exist on this game <laughs> uh, yes. yeah so like I said I think and again uh, obviously a few people I think have had slow starts to the season including yourself to be fair um, hopefully I'm allowed to say that uh, I'll allow it <laughs> I'll allow it okay um, yeah I think you could see um, like slow, having a slow start to the season, it, it happens uh, obviously in real life as well. Um, and then coming back, and I think, for example, Gernman last season, um, who won the title, he didn't he didn't have a great start to the season. I think he only got one point in in Bahrain in the first round, and then it and then it didn't turn out great for the next few few races. And then later on as the season progressed, form started coming up, picking up, and then you start getting those points. So I think. Like I said, and you, well, you got a podium in in Bahrain, if I remember correctly, um, yeah. a long time ago now. Um, but yeah, so I think, like I said, coming coming back to that, like the the form side of things, when it comes up, it will it will bring you those points as well. To be fair, um, as Sean knows very well in Division Six, that his form is impeccable, <laughs> and he gets win after win after win. So form is temporary, class is permanent. 
<laughs> uh, which one do you have? <laughs> Neither. Neither. <laughs> there you go. Oh, sorry, Sean. Because <laughs> mm. um, I'm in a rubbish yeah. car, I know. <laughs> That's probably it, yeah. yeah. What, 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 on that as well, what, how did your race in Spain go, Sean? Because we've, uh, we've covered Emerson's in Division 1. It went fantastic. I didn't have a DNF, um, but I didn't score points. Um, I didn't even start the race, so I'd say that's a positive, really. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, what, what happened? <laughs> yeah, I forgot. Yeah, it, was, uh, it was your nephew's birthday party, if I remember correctly, wasn't it? It so, was. Chicken was amazing. So. Good stuff. That's what you need. Nice, nice bit of Was it finger licking good? Oh, it was. <laughs> no sponsors, I'm afraid. We need no sponsorship. <laughs> you know, if you're I'm... listening, uh, Chicken Master. <laughs> yeah, well, the colonel is in it. Like, no, we can't. We can't have that because it's copyright, isn't it? Was it seven fried chicken would do one of them? SFC. SFC. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if going back to um, just going back to Emerson a bit quick, because I've got a few more queries. Then, um, in regards, then, um, like um, you've raced with us now since season two in Azerbaijan. Uh, there's been a lot of highs. There's been one or two lows as well. Um, Going back to last season when you was battling with German, <laughs> there was um, there was a couple of races where you was involved in a few um, incidents. I remember Spain, for example, where you got um, tipped around in the very final stages and things like that. Um, do you look back on those moments and feel I could have been a triple world champion? I could have um, I, I could have yeah taken the championship down to the wire because um, I think German won it with a couple of races ago. Do you feel that moments like that that was outside your control? How do you how do you do that? Because um, well, as you've seen on my league races, I can't keep my head. So how do you keep yours? I mean, that's one of those things that, like you said, it's out of your control. I mean, the only thing you can do is just do your best and hope that that's enough and that you get a little bit of luck sometimes because, yeah, luck's obviously just as important as uh, being good, to be honest, because sometimes you're out in front from starting further back on the grid doing that uh, long first stop and you get a safety car coming out on the exact lap that you want to come into the pits and then you're right out at the front like you just need a bit of luck sometimes as well and uh, I don't think I got a lot of that last season I think if anything I kind of got my fair share of bad luck that I hadn't had from all the seasons before kind of just dumped on one season to be honest but um, yeah it's hard to keep your head around it but it's just one of those things you can't get too annoyed about you just got to crack on and do what whatever you can do to make that from not happening but um yeah i mean in hindsight i probably could have done things a little bit differently and maybe i could have challenged him uh down to the line but i think he probably would have had me even with those small mistakes here and there that i dropped a few points there on the odd occasion um because towards the end he was just way way faster than me and picked up a lot of pace so yeah. I, i'd yeah i think if i practice more maybe um it definitely could have been a lot closer but i mean it's in the past isn't it now and you just got to move forward and try and get that third this season maybe who knows i mean i might want to swing it round you never know Mario very unlikely but... speaking of the past uh, going a bit further back um i remember being in your very first league race mm-hmm. um just coincidentally um actually as a race here as well um and uh, yeah, like I said, you, you joined uh, it was, yeah, the second season um, way back when, probably, what was it, 2019? Like Three years ago, yeah, then. 2019, sounds about right. 2019 game? It was 2019 game, definitely, so I think, yeah, it might, yeah, it might have been somewhere. Yeah, because I remember I bought it on Xbox, because uh, I had an Xbox oh, back then, 
and uh, then yeah. two weeks after buying it, obviously Dan, my cousin, was like, "You should buy it on PlayStation." So I had to yeah. basically waste another. Well, not waste because obviously many good things came good from it. Good investment, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I meant. Um, yeah, and then I had to buy it again. <laughs> yeah, so I remember. Yeah, I remember jumping in. Oh, well, you jumping in? I think it was. Um, yeah, like I said, it was. I think it was the fourth round of the season. So it wasn't too far. Yeah, Baku, Azerbaijan, yeah. Baku, uh, absolutely fantastic track, beautiful track. Sean's lovely. Uh, it is a lovely track to be fair to race on. Um, and um, oh, well, what, any comments, Sean? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, street tracks. Yeah. <laughs> street tracks are great. Uh, mm. Anyway, <laughs> um, too many anyway. walls. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I remember. Um, yeah, we see we saw Emerson. Emerson join obviously joining and and. Nobody knew obviously what what your pace was, what your speed was like, what what you were like as a racer as well, and um, you went around uh, in Q1, I think it was, or, or Q well in the first quality sessions, putting it on pole <clears throat> with blistering lap times, uh, and everyone was like, "Oh, this guy's pretty good," um, <laughs> and then uh, and then somehow um, somebody else managed to get you on. Oh, well, get a pole position. Yeah, I don't know now. how. I don't know who it was either. No, mm. nobody now. Um, but um, yeah, anyway. Uh, and then, uh, even though that even though that happened, you went off and just blistered away in the in the race and won by for about five hundred seconds uh, to P two. Um, so yeah, what was your what was your thoughts in your very first league race, having not done it at all before? Um, and, <coughs> And like, what was your what was your feelings when you're during when you're in the race? Like, do you have it under control? Or were you a bit nervous, or what was what's going on? I mean, yeah, I was absolutely bricking it before the race started because obviously I'd never done anything like it. And I mean, I know back then we didn't have a lot of people watching it, but there was a fair amount of people that would obviously tune in uh, to watch. So knowing that those people watching you as well uh, was obviously quite nervous. Um, Oh and God, I'd never even, <laughs> literally, um, but I'd never even raced online. I mean, I used to do a little bit of open yeah. lobbies, but I was literally a career mode guy from literally from the first F1 game in 2010 all the way up until 19, where yeah, obviously I stepped same. up a bit. And uh, I hadn't even really played a lot of it on PlayStation, even like I touched up on and then it literally only been for like a couple of weeks. And I was so used to the Xbox controller jumping up, so that was quite different. Um, so that was quite hard to adjust to straight away. And then, obviously, like you said, in the in quali, setting good times, and then obviously you pit uh, me to pole position. Um, but then the race went pretty well. I mean, even though I did have damage twice, um, once before my first stop, pit stop, I think, and then I think I might have just stayed out with wing damage later on in the race, or maybe I'm not. I can't remember because it was so long ago now. Um, but obviously, we both got wing damage going through the castle section at different times in the race, and then maybe, like, yeah. I, don't, I know I definitely pit for another wing, but I'm not quite sure what. But yeah, um, but I did make a good move on you onto turn one, I think, and obviously our very own Ninja Rage completely missed it on stream, which is such a shame. But <laughs> yes, <laughs> 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 I know, fantastic <laughs> stuff, Sean. <laughs> I know, I know which side my bread's buttered. <laughs> <laughs> He was much of a rookie. Who's this new guy? We're not showing it anyway much stream. Yeah, we don't want to give him any yet any uh, any like TV time. <laughs> no, he hasn't subscribed, so definitely not, because I'm not shadow. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think um I remember well, obviously being in that race as well, like I said, and and re- I think well, I remember the quality I think more than the race, to be honest. But I remember really put, pushing to set a good quality lap to beat you and thinking, 
my god, if I if this if I set this time anywhere else, like I'd be seconds ahead of people. Like it was it was literally obviously I was better at that game than I was now. Um but I literally it was um it was like yeah, I couldn't beat that time if I tried again basically, I don't think. Uh it was literally the perfect sort of quality lap and then obviously in the race it fell apart. But um well, it went up fell down to P two. But um, different way yeah. fell apart. Well, yeah, it did when I hit the wall in the car. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I just I just remember thinking in the race, like uh, I know you were in the party for me as well. To be fair, because obviously we we had we joined we all joined the party chat and sort of had a chat. I don't know so, if I was part of that actually. I think I think I'm I was by sure myself. Were. I think pretty sure you were because I remember Dan was in it as well. Well, um, maybe then. But yeah, I think um, yeah we were t- we were chatting away and obviously and obviously we were we were quite comfortably in the lead uh, at the time and I was just like. I can't keep up with him. Uh, I'm going to have a problem. <laughs> I wanted to win this race. Um, and, uh, and I was like, I'm pretty much nailed on for P2 here. So uh, that was it. And then, and then, yeah, that was literally, like, I, there was no point in, in trying to keep up with you because I literally was going as fast as I could. Um, and uh, I wasn't gaining any time. So, um, yeah. So like I said, it was, um, well, the very first league race you did. Um, pretty much set the precedent for the rest of, uh, rest of your league racing, in, in my opinion, anyway, from what I saw later on obviously um but um but yeah i mean obviously we, we will skip on a bit now and um, obviously you had that was your first season and it was sort of a le- like learning season if you will like your rookie season obviously like um getting used to uh, league racing like you said and being brand new to it and then you had a couple of had a, another season or so um another season off uh, so to speak, where you finished second uh, in, the, in the drivers overall, and then literally it was the fourth and fifth season back to back drivers win drivers uh, titles wins. So something must have clicked for you on that, or was it was it the game, or what was what was your sort of like you said you did touch on like the you had more time on that game as well, but like how was your what was your thoughts when when that game came out and and how you were performing in that in that couple of seasons. Well, on in season four, uh, at the beginning, to be honest, I had a lot of uh, internet issues, um, but it was really frustrating because I was relatively quick. And then I don't know what it was to be honest. Leaving looking back on it now, uh, yeah, I just had quite a few issues, which cost me. I think it was in like the first four or five races, to be honest, that I had some issues. So I had a really, really slow start, and I think we had a rule back then: if you did leave the lobby, you couldn't even rejoin it because it would mess things up. So it's not like I could rejoin once I got it sorted or anything. Um, but yeah, like you said, it, it, everything just clicked. I've kind of found a pattern in setups that just worked for every track. You just had to change your wings and your suspension. Everything else was literally the exact same. Um, so you literally kind of got the car, kind of, yeah, you could call it that, cheat goes. Um, and yeah, it just, everything just clicked. I'd, it was relatively easy every week to kind of find a setup that would work for me. And uh, I mean, a lot of people tried my setups and didn't really like them, but that's because I usually uh, used to run a higher downfall setup only because I, well, back then I was usually, uh, you could, I could get out ahead of a lot of people and get out of the DRS quite easily. So it was easier for me to be more consistent with a higher setup, downfall setup, sorry, and just keep the penalties down if there was a safety car or anything else in the race. I had, even if I didn't struggle to ever take people either, which was quite surprising because you just had so much confidence with a high downfall setup just to send it on the inside of people or around the outside, even on older tyres sometimes. Um, yeah, it just sort of just clicked and I just ran away with it sort of after I had my internet issues sorted and everything and 
um, yeah, like she like you said, the rest is kind of history after that, which is yeah, looking back on it, amazing. I'd do anything to go back to that now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think we were talking about it before, um, or I can't remember when it was, probably in some party chat or something. Um, but we were talking about obviously the previous games and how we felt about them uh, as well. And I thought, and I was basically saying I was a with you as well. To be fair, I think pretty much every game that you like is the ones that I like as well. And the ones that you don't like are the ones that I don't like as well. <laughs> so, Pretty much. Uh, so, yeah, I think it was, well, obviously, the, the last game, 2020, I think we both were both pretty good fans of. Um, obviously, you a bit more than, like, than me in terms of in terms of performance and wins. Um, and then I think this game has been, like, like you said earlier, a bit more of a struggle, a bit more difficult to get used to. But again, I think probably, like you said as well, the amount of time that you've got to spend on the game is different as well. So maybe if you have that same time to spend on this game currently, maybe you, you'd find that this game is probably the same or maybe a bit better even. You never know. So um, um, there we go. Uh, no. <laughs> <we'll move> <laughs> uh, Sean, Sean all the games are great and he's the best at all. <laughs> so, uh, he's, he's number one on all the leaderboards. From every he is the since, GOAT. Since yeah. 2011, he's, the, he's top of the leaderboards. <laughs> go back to 95, no one could beat me. Because it's only single player. Yeah, is anyone beating Sean on F195? No, I so. challenge you to that. Get the yeah. Nintendo out, whatever it was on. PlayStation 1, that Sega was. It was Mega only Drive. one player. <laughs> it was only one player, so I'm fine. <laughs> Undefeated. <laughs> um, I Going That's back a... to going back to a quick question, if that's all right, Alex, um, in regards to... Um, in regards to um, your teammates that you've had, one teammate that stands out in particular for me in your um, in your history is season four, Mr. Elite. You and Mr. Elite were fabu together. Uh, you had a, an incredible one-two in Monza, which I thought was supreme. Um, do you? Um, I feel that Mr. That was Mr. Elite's best season as well. He he was third that season. Uh, no disrespect to Mr. Elite, but he was more of a midfield runner up until that point. And then all of a sudden, he was finishing. He was in the top three. He had I think he had the three podiums that season as well. Do you feel that um, when do you feel that when drawers are partnering you that they elevate their game kind of thing? Because you are also not only a um, you're not only like a drivers champion, but you're also two time constructors world champion as well. So that's still nothing to sneeze about. Is that, what do you reckon? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah, um, I, I, I think we touched on it when we recorded this last time before it messed up. But um, yeah, Mr. Elite was... Yeah, I don't know what you're on about. Um, yeah, Mr. Elite was... I couldn't fault him that... that well, yeah, that season, he was just incredible, to be honest. Like, we, would, we were never in a party with each other, but... We we kind of just were on the same wavelength when it comes to like qualifying, whether to like slipstream things or in the race. Like he would always let me through if I was faster and vice versa. Um, and yeah, he just helped me out a lot. And um, I kind of we exchanged setups and strategies. And if he was outside the top ten, okay, be like okay, we'll alternate the strategies. This is what tire I'm starting on, so we don't you know overlap each other if they're safety cars or anything in double stack and uh, stuff like that. Um, yeah, like you said, I, th- I think we definitely did elevate each other because it motivated him. I think to to want to do well when your teammate's doing that good. You you want to be right there with him or her uh, or it uh, to uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, I think he did a really really good job to to get that far up. To be honest, because he like you said, he, I think towards the start of it, he was further towards the back of the midfield and uh, he really pulled his socks up and 
got a hell of a lot of points to be honest which I was quite surprised about um, so yeah brilliant teammate I want him back I think well, he's longest serving uh, longest serving member I think probably because he was in from season one round six if I remember Spain yeah I think it was round yeah. six it was round six I think it was anyway I don't know what yeah. track it was but yeah so since since, since um, season one round six Mr. Elite has been uh, has been about he's been racing for for many many years um, somebody's a bit died uh, sorry <laughs> we continue uh, you <laughs> yes um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he's been about for a, a long time, and like I said, I think he is has been as well as being consistent in terms of racing, uh, turning up every time and and putting in a good shift. He has been a consistent driver throughout all the seasons that he's been uh, partaking in. To be fair as well, uh, so shout out to him of course because he's yeah, like I said, he's a great talent. Um, and like like you said, I think you sort of brought him up a level in that season four as well. To be fair, as, as his teammate. Um, and like I said, well, like I said, it's a pleasure to have uh, drivers like Mr. Elite in in the, in the, on the grid. To be fair, because you know that you're going to get a good drive from him. He's going to race fairly, race cleanly, and be consistent. And that's probably why he's good. He's a good teammate as well. To be fair, so um, yeah, we want lots of Mr. Elites as our teammates. I think because uh, uh, he does a good job. He's Bless getting the <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, Mr. Elite is just uh, making him sneeze. So we'll go on to another topic. <laughs> oh, before um, we do, Alex, could I just uh, quickly have one more question? Another, another, another question. <laughs> I know, it's terrible. Um, just um, so I got a, I got a really interesting question, and I'm not sure how, um, I'm not sure how you're going to answer this one. So you've won two titles. Which one is your favourite? Because they're completely different. I know it was on the same game, but they're completely different titles. You won season four, being on the back foot with technical failures. You was 80 points uh, behind uh, Eat the Cookie after round eight or nine, almost the halfway stage. And um, then season five, you absolutely dominated 21 podiums in 22 races. It should be 22, but of course, um, Farf was about. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but um, what is your favourite championship? I think if you ask anyone who's ever won anything, there's nothing better than the first. Because obviously I had two relatively disappointing... Well, the first one, not so much. But the second one, I definitely feel like I could have maybe even won it then. Um obviously things didn't happen that way but um yeah definitely the first because like you said I was very very far behind on points and I remember I think it was 100 points at one point actually yeah um, could have been and literally in four races he had four DNFs and I won four and the, the the gap had just disappeared and I was back in it within four races which is kind of unseen of and unheard of um he had a lot of bad luck yeah but um I had four really really good races um so yeah i think definitely the first one just because it was just a long time coming and i kind of finally did what i wanted to do um as well as getting the constructors as well like you said um yeah definitely the first i mean the, the second one like you said was as well was still incredible but it was kind of like a, a part two of that season for me it kind of carried on from where i left off and kind of it kind of merges into one um a little bit because it didn't really feel like a different season. Because I was in the same car, had a different teammate, yeah, but it was the same grid and everything. And um, yeah, it kind of just carried on the form from where I left off from the first one, really. Sensational. Over to you, Alex. Factory, Sean. That's perfect. <laughs> Good stuff. No, that's all right. No, like I said, it, well, it's been it's, like I said, two fantastic seasons as well. I don't think you can say either one was them. Either either one of them, sorry, was 
disappointing in, in obviously they're both title wins both can, both drivers constructors as well um in both seasons you can't really say there's anything anything too shabby about that so um yeah i was, well, I was gonna say maybe that. one more podium particularly in monaco but that's all right then well well, well no we're not yeah we're not allowing that <laughs> no, we can't have you taking that taking that extra podium uh, but no, it's, it was like I said, both of them fantastic seasons. And to be fair, like everybody who's anybody who's won a title in any division in any league, to be fair, has, has obviously done a good job of, of getting to the top. To be fair, uh, so mm. yeah, it's it's no uh, it's no hard feat. So um, yeah, good stuff indeed. Um, we're going to move away from the league racing side of things now a bit to some interesting news that came out last week. Obviously, when we missed the, we, we were going to talk about it um, last week, but unfortunately, we couldn't do the podcast. But um, um, the replacement of certain race directors uh, in the FIA. Um, what obviously came out last week was that um, Michael Massey was being, well, not removed from Formula One, as he's still part of the FIA team, uh, but he was no longer going to be the race director for the F1 Grand Prix races. Um, and we had two new bo- new boys coming in. Um, I can't remember where they are now. It was, um, yeah, Niels Witch, uh, I've got here, if I'm pronouncing that right, I'm probably just butchering that um, former DTM race director. Uh, and then we had Eduardo Freitas again, probably completely wrong. Uh, Sean's pronunciation is much better than mine. Um, <laughs> oh, I beg to differ. <laughs> and he was the WEC race director as well last season. Um, so I've got here as well that actually they'll act alternatively um, as the F1 race director. So I don't know whether that means that they'll actually be switching or whether they will be, an alternative, both of them at the same time, to Massey. Um, but yeah, what was your thoughts on replacing Massey, Emerson, and and your thoughts on, on these new race directors, if you know anything about them from your experience? Well, I mean, obviously everyone knows I'm kind of a Hamilton fan, so I wasn't completely on uh, agreeing what what happened in Abu Dhabi. Uh, well, not even just Abu Dhabi's one. It's even across Dutch flag you got behind you. Sorry. Oh yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, it's, um, yeah, it's, I don't think it was just Abu Dhabi really that did it. I think over the course of the season, um, rather than a sport, he kind of turned it more into a circus. Not because of he, that's a harsh way of putting it, I think, but he, he he tried to create more of a show than a sport, especially in Abu Dhabi, and it kind of made a bit of a mockery of Formula One, in my opinion, and. I think there was no way he was able to get away with what happened. And um, going from how good Charlie Whiting was at his job to Michael Massey, it's like night and day, to be honest. Like there was, you could never fault over all the years. I don't think maybe when he was first started doing it, Charlie Whiting, um, he he just never made a mistake really. Where Massey made several in the the space yeah. of one. Um, so. Uh, but I have heard a few things about, I don't know which one it was, I think whoever the DTM one uh, was. Eduardo, wasn't it? No, Niels. Oh. <laughs> it's the other one, oh. literally. You're not no, Neil. Chance, Sean. <laughs> Come on. But yeah, I've, uh, <laughs> I have heard oh, that God. some people are saying that he could potentially be even worse than Massey, which, right. yeah, <laughs> okay. it's not a good sign, because I think there's a controversial thing that happened in DTM and he got the, the call completely yeah. wrong. Um so, I mean, you never know. I'm not going to judge them before we've seen what they can do in Formula 1 because, you know, they might be amazingly perfect. Uh, but, I mean, I, you can't really go a lot worse, in my opinion. 
yeah, from what we had last season, it's going to be. Uh, it, it can only be a step sideways or a step forward. I don't think we can really go any step backwards from what we had before. So I mean, it's a positive change. I'd, I'd probably Sean, say. Sean has some uh, other comments on that. I think <laughs> maybe maybe he's got a memory of when it was a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, to, to be, um, uh, you never miss what you um, what you have until it's gone. So, <laughs> and um, I've Very heard curious. about <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Westlife, maybe. Um, but um, <laughs> yeah, Neil's kind of. Um, I think there's a freeway scrap in DTM 2020, wasn't it, or something like that. And um, yeah, there was a lot of argy bargy, and um, I don't think he made the right calls. Uh, Michael, I do feel sorry for him because he probably. I feel that um, if I feel because it was the last race, he wanted to. He really was. He didn't want it under the safety car, but. And as Emerson pointed out, is I feel that he was he wanted to make it more of a entertainment or a show rather than a rather than a sport, which is a shame, really. Um, but he's had so many high profile errors, though. It's like um, the two lap safety car fiasco. To be fair, it wasn't his fault, but you know, starting this race under a safety car for two laps just to tick a box, I thought it was a bit naff, really. Uh, and also. I think there was a Lando Norris and Alex Albon incident in Syria or not Syria. Styria. Styria. God. I feel like Mario Kart, that would be a GTA race or something. Good lord. Let's just stay in Austria. <laughs> Spielberg. Um there yeah, was a there was, <laughs> there was an incident there with Lando Norris and um yeah, two similar Turn four, and um, Norris got a five-second penalty for pushing Perez off, and then Perez didn't get a penalty for pushing Leclerc off. I think it was at the same yeah. corner. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, identical instant, really. I think it was mm. pretty much. But nothing happened. Yeah. Um, sorry, Sean, interrupted you. Oh no, no, carry on. You need to save me there. Gosh, I was in no, the complete right. wrong well, world. I was just thinking. <laughs> I was just thinking, like the obviously with that, with that championship coming down to the final lap, or well, final race, put it that way, at the time. And then with that safety car that needed to be brought out, obviously, for the incident with, with Latifi, um, uh, obviously, it was definitely a safety car yeah. warranting incident. Well, uh, well, it, it was. Uh, there's, a, there's a car that's smashed into a barrier, and it is, it is, you can't put a VSC out to wheel that away or something like that. Could have red flagged it, but... I think that's what on. you should have done. Uh, no, I think that's what you should have done. In hindsight, obviously, I think that's what, what would have been better, because then... Obviously, you'd have a fairer fight for the title at the end of the at the end of the end of the race, and you'd have more laps to do it as well because you wouldn't have to wait until the last lap. But the pressure that was on Massey to put on a show, because the amount of people that were watching that um, was incredible. Even like the non-Formula One people were. I think it was 108 million. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. 108. Well, exactly. But um, I mean. I don't know the numbers for just normal F1 races, to be fair, but they're not going to be anywhere near that. Um, the amount of people that were non-F1 fans that were just tuning in for the race because of the situation of the race, what it meant, um, was incredible. And the pressure that that put on Massey to have a good to put on a good race, I think just with that, and again with again with that incident, obviously the race was going absolutely fine. Before the incident, I don't think Massey made any wrong decisions. To put, to be fair, uh, of course, some people will say that there's the that point incident with Vettel, uh, not Vettel, with Verstappen and Hamilton. But again, 
it was all riffs and butts on that one and I think Massey did a fair job there but then at the end I think it when he was like this needs to be a safety car oh if I call out a safety car when will then will the racing start again as in which lap it will it resume as in green flag running and then he realized oh I need I've the safety car's already out so I don't think I can he reverse the decision when the safety car's out? He's called a safety car out for an incident. Can he then call a red flag? Yeah, yes. I think he could. Yeah, but obviously yeah. you wouldn't get the lap back from where you red no, flag. No, but I mean, if he because if, he called the safety car out, and then obviously there was that whole whole mess of of teams radioing him saying um, saying every can, team. Can, well, yeah, but I'm, well, yeah. Obviously, we heard the two main teams that were involved, but then literally every other team was also radiant because he was telling them originally, "No, you, no lap cars won't be allowed to overtake." And then, then the only reason why it all became a mess was because then suddenly four lap cars were allowed to overtake. So, like I said, I think if he if he thought about it a bit more, um, had a bit more consideration, then he could have probably red flagged it called a red flag after the first lap of safety car he still have three laps of green flag running to go and then that way everyone can come back round, come into the pits or go onto the grid even um, get the mechanics onto the grid and then put on a fresh set of tyres or whatever and you still got a three lap shootout um, but anyway that's sort of by the by because obviously that's it's all done and dusty now and Abby Dabby but I think with the new guys coming in obviously I've heard I've heard the stories about this, these um, odd incidents and things like that as well um, but yeah, I think maybe we're having a different structure where for the FIA in terms of on race day, like race director wise, where you've got the race directors there at the very top, intermediates in between them and the team bosses, because the team bosses are now not allowed, obviously, to communicate with the race director during the race. Um, having somebody in between there to sort of mediate that um, and then feedback anything that may be actually important to feedback to the race directors as well there's one also there's another person who's around the um, race directors he's an advisor which is herbie blash who used to be the right hand man to charlie whiter and i think that's going to be perfect a perfect yeah i think that's going to be a um a major helping hand and i think it's i think michael massey should have had something like that to be honest because he was thrown into the um he's thrown into the spotlight literally on the eve of the australian grand prix when charlie white and Unfortunately, I uh, passed away. I I remember watching the news, and it was so surreal. I just couldn't believe it. Um, and yeah, uh, but um, yeah, I think that if Michael Massey had a Herbie Blash next to him, I think a lot of decisions would have been played out differently. Um, and I think that they, I think that Herbie Blash's experience, because he's been around F1 for yonks, mind. So he should. Uh, hopefully, you would see much more consistency. I think with the um, with the decision making this year. So I hold him quite high in high regard, really, mainly because in the Charlie White in, in his era, there were some funny shenanigans going on, but everyone knew who was boss, really. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll, we'll, have, well, obviously we'll find out when the season starts, what when the racing actually starts, what um, what's going to happen and what it's going to be like, um, sort of management-wise, I suppose. Um, like I said, Massey still has got a role with the FI. I believe it is some sort of safety... Uh, safety role, uh, but it isn't obviously to do with on the race. Day. I think it's a general role. Um, so yeah, I've seen that. that uh, yeah, he's still employed by them, but he's not. It's been booted out. But I think the other thing that um, I was going to say about that as well is um, obviously the person that was most 
worsely affected by it was uh, Hamilton. Um, there were some rumours going around, and obviously we saw the the, um, the court case between the FIA uh, and Mercedes, and obviously Red Bull were in attendance as well. Um, there were some rumours going around that Lewis was like, if it, it's sort of me or him, um, I'm, he's going to Lewis will quit if Massey stays in the job, sort of thing, or if Massey goes, then he'll come back, as in Lewis will come back. Um, do you think those were true, or I mean, it's probably just. Uh, do you reckon it's just something made up by the uh, by the papers to um, to sell some papers? So, yeah, I think it was definitely a bit of paper talk. Definitely, <clears throat> I could see why they would think that because obviously he went completely off the grid, didn't he? And no social media and stuff. Where usually he's quite, uh, yeah. As everyone always says, he wears his heart on his sleeve uh, a lot of the time, which in this case he didn't. Um, but he showed a touch of class, even though he knew he completely got robbed after Abu Dhabi. He yeah. still went and congratulated Max and his dad and wasn't salty and angry about what happened because at the end of the day, it wasn't their fault. Um, no, exactly. That, that's, that, that was what happened. So <clears throat> that showed his uh, his class, I think. Um, yeah, I, that's, yeah. <laughs> no, I think, like I said, um, I didn't think it was true, to be fair, either. But I just thought it was, um, yeah. Though I obviously didn't, I didn't think about it back to when it actually happened. Like I said, there was nothing, um, nothing sort of malicious or anything. But but the way he sort of reacted to Max winning it, of course, it wasn't in Max's control either. What happened? But um, but yeah, it was just um, yeah. I, I was I'm glad to have him on the grid still. Obviously, as uh, as a Lewis Hamilton sort of fan, well, as a British racing fan, to be fair, um, I want the best of the British um, drivers and the best of British teams to be doing well. Um, so, yeah, I'm hoping that hoping that Lewis can go back to McLaren one day and be with Norris <laughs> so, uh, and they'll be winning titles. So, um, um, but yeah, well, of course, F1 predictions will be coming up soon in another podcast uh, for this season. Uh, so keep, keep tuned, uh, stay tuned. Um, but, um, but yeah, I think sort of uh, in line with that, we've seen Lewis have, difficulties in in one season for example obviously with the season uh, 2016 with Rosberg um, where of course he was I think he was a lot more um, not immature but the, the sort of mentality wasn't there as it, that he's got now um, and he came back from that season and absolutely blitzed it in 2017 do you reckon that that's what we're going to get in 2022 from Lewis Hamilton, he's going to come back and he's going to go for it and he's going to just destroy the grid again. I mean, I hope so. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I don't think it'll be as easy as that. I think, uh, well, hopefully, in my opinion, it's going to be like 2012, which has definitely been one of the favourite seasons I've ever seen uh, with my own eyes. Because um, so we had seven different winners in the first seven races, which was, which was just crazy. Um, but... Um, Yes, yeah, obviously with all the new regulations, I think obviously we've we've seen the Barcelona test now and uh, Ferrari and McLaren apparently are obviously the two of the teams that have caught a lot of people's eyes. Um, Red Bull as well with the lot of their side pod stuff uh, that they've got had going on, um, and uh, Mercedes are sort of just doing their own thing. So I wouldn't be surprised if I kind of see them struggling a little bit uh, at the start of the season. Because obviously it's such a big rule change, and the fact that they won the constructors' championship, which means they get the least wind tunnel time, and all of that's new rules and stuff that they've uh, added in uh, for next season as well. Um, 
But Lewis is obviously his, his class driver. We were actually talking about on Discord earlier on that if everyone had equal cars, I think the likes of Seb, Alonso and Hamilton would probably be right up there again. Mm. Um, they were, if they've got the machinery, we know what they're capable of. Um, so, yeah, I think Max obviously would as, would be as well. But, uh, yeah, I think that Hamilton is just one of the best drivers I think we've ever seen. I mean, obviously, Schumacher's obviously got the same amount of titles and stuff. But Hamilton's stats and statistics are just crazy good to have won a race in every single season he's entered in alone, is, um, some of which is unheard of. Um but yeah, I'm hoping he can come back stronger next year and take it right down to the wire again and get that eighth because I think that's kind of one thing that he wants to do because I think once he gets that eighth, I think he can then could start thinking about maybe uh, hanging up the driving gloves and the steering wheel and potentially thinking about doing something else. Yeah. Uh, not that I want that to happen, but I think it'd be great to have him alongside George mentoring him for one or two seasons and then kind of pass on the baton maybe, and then we get another great British driver like George come through. I think that's exactly what, that's what the plan is, and that's what I hope will happen as well. L-plan. I think well, it's the Merck, <laughs> I suppose, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's going to be an exciting season. Obviously, having George in the Mercedes seat as well full-time is uh, is going to be uh, fantastic to, to, to watch as well, and I think it's going to be, it's going to shore up the... Um, shore up the Mercedes in terms of I think like you said maybe Red Bull will be a bit more um, bit, have, have a bit more development and actually we've seen the cars in testing as well which we'll touch on in a minute as well but um, I think George compared to Bottas will bring some more points home to Mercedes and will be actually competing for podiums for example like when we saw in uh, in Mexico when we saw um, saw Max and Perez um Obviously, I'm actually dominating the race, to be fair, and Lewis still up there as well for the podium, and Bottas nowhere near. Um, I think Russell will either be in fourth, or he will probably be fighting like Perez for that third place still, even without a car that's just as competitive as it is, or as it was like last season, where Red Bull had a slightly better car, but Mercedes were bringing in, um, bringing in the sort of upgrades, and the, well, not the upgrades, but the performance, like the engine changes and things like that as well, late, at the latter part of the season. So yeah, it's going to be an exciting season, no doubt. Um, we've had, you touched on it there as well. We've had a bit of a uh, bit of um, testing in Barcelona getting getting underway. Um, so, how much have you seen of testing uh, at, uh, this season so far at, at all? Is there any, any? I know we've can't. We're not supposed to be seeing any of it because it's not broadcast. But um, it's a shakedown. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's uh, that's the feedback. So. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we've we've seen obviously the times and and we've seen sort of the performances of the car in sort of videos and clips and that as well. Um, the like I said, the Ferrari and the McLaren are looking pretty good, uh, which would be nice because having them sort of join the top two or, or be a bit closer to the top two would be, I think, really good for the sport. Um, but I was I was interested to interested to see your thoughts on. How you think uh, the other teams are done in testing, and uh, and what's happening? <laughs> no, I'm just pointing at Lando again because you mentioned McLaren. That's all. It's okay. Lando Norris, Sean. Get your glasses Where? out. <laughs> I Down can't there. see him. Look, that's his help. Don't want to go get him. Uh, yeah, get yeah, go I'm get him. There with him. <laughs> Hang on, hold on. <laughs> 
Anyway, what? Is oh. oh, I didn't know there were stairs there. I didn't know there were stairs either. <laughs> I was like, what's he pointed at? <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> beautiful stuff. Mm. Yeah. Uh, why is he down your stairs? I didn't realise there was the stairs. <laughs> I mean, it's actually Athens. Oh, it's actually Athens, but... Oh, I see. I okay. Like our bedroom was. was mm. yeah, nice. <laughs> it's a trap um, door, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> to my dungeon. <laughs> oh, there we go. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on the dungeon another time. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Keep it PC. So, yeah, what, what was your guys' thoughts? We'll start with Sean then. Sean, what was your thoughts about testing and maybe maybe some ideas of who's going to be, well, we, we're, who we're expecting to be up there, obviously, but... Um, and then, and then, just any any sort of feedback, any thoughts about uh, who do you think it's going to be a surprise packages and things like that? Well, at the moment, um, I was um, listening to a, um, a a little piece with Ted Kravitz, amazing bloke, I love him. Uh, but um, he was saying about how Ferrari seem to have the best engine at the moment in terms of top speed and just overall consistency. You know what that means. Yeah, it's going to go. Legal engine. Yeah, I was going to say um, there's going to be some new directives at the end of the year, aren't there? <laughs> but um, yeah, so the Ferrari powered cars are looking pretty um, strong in terms of like speed and things like that, and um, I think Ferrari are looking really good. Um, I'm being tentative because we all knew about um, Ferrari looking so good in 2017 and 18. I think it was, wasn't it, where they seemed to be pretty. Pretty immense in um, pretty immense in the uh, test and slash shakedown. It's not yeah. a test. <laughs> it's Ted Crouch kept saying. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, but uh, Ferrari are looking good. McLaren are looking good as well. Um, I don't think we've seen the best from Mercedes or Red Bull yet. I think that it was. I think that they were just like getting some laps in because I think that didn't Red Bull do the most laps and then it was Mercedes second or something like that um, in terms of time on track. Yeah. <laughs> Google it. <laughs> uh, two teams I'm very disappointed in um, is Haas. Uh, really, um, they didn't. Um, they've been like developing this car for well, because they basically chucked the 2021 car yeah, basically they, in the bin. Well, they skipped last season. They didn't even do anything last season to the car, so yeah. it was all focusing on this season. Yeah, yeah. and uh, they've. Um... You're actually wrong, Sean. Sorry, it was what? Ferrari completed the most lap of laps with 439. Mercedes with 393. Uh, McLaren with 367, then Red Bull with 358, Williams with 347, Alpha Tauri with 308, Aston Martin with 296, Alpine 266, Alfa Romeo 175, and then Haas 160. And also can give you the fastest lap times as well if you'd like them. No. Yeah, go on. <laughs> uh, so you had Hamilton with a 119.1, George with a 19. Obviously, this is on different tyres. You had to see yeah. all the different compound tyres. So it's a bit irrelevant. Uh, but yeah, both Mercedes were up there. Perez was third. Lando was fourth. Leclerc, fifth. Verstappen sixth. And then Vettel, seventh. Gasly, eighth. And then Sainz and Ricardo ninth and tenth. But all the that. times were relatively close within a second of each other. So There you have it. Verstappen flashing the pan. He's not yeah. going to do anything this year. He's a fraud. <laughs> Testing anyway. means everything. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, going back to the Haas point, I'm very disappointed by... Um, yeah, they mm. threw 2021 away in 2022. I was, I was really hoping that they would be in their like, swimwear, really, but they really haven't. So um, hopefully, it's because they've done a lot of like technical gremlins, weren't they? So hopefully they can get it together in Bahrain. Uh, same yeah. with Alfa Romeo as well, really. Um, I think Alfa Romeo looks... 
to be the slowest car. I'm not sure. Well, I get I get my information off Ted Kravick, so it might be wrong. But um, <laughs> don't give away your F1 predictions. Yeah. I was saying this to um, Ayrton. Sorry that I I think the uh, the Alfa Romeo is going to be the worst car on the grid. Not just yeah. because. Uh, well, they were the latest to reveal their car, which usually to me is a sign that they weren't really ready. Because uh, obviously they, it was after they started doing, uh, sorry, the, not testing the shakedown, that they then revealed their livery. Well, maybe maybe um, their graphics designer was just having a long holiday before. And maybe, but time. to <laughs> me that kind of is a sign that the car wasn't ready and they didn't really want to reveal it, reveal it yet. So I might be completely wrong. Because I think Bottas will do great, but I'm not quite sure about Guan Yu Zhou. Um, although he has got a very nice helmet, a tribute to Kobe Bryant with the same number and a cool design as well. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I think they might be one of the worst teams on the grid. And I think Haas will start slow, but I think once they get past all the legal things that are going on at the minute with Russia and whatever, um, I think because they'll have the extra wind tunnel time compared to everyone else, they'll be able to develop this car a lot further and quicker than every other team and obviously that's crucial as long as yeah. the wind tunnel actually correlates with what's happened oh. well that would be helpful <laughs> but yeah if it correlates with what's actually happening on the track yeah yeah maybe i'm being a bit harsh with Haas then because yeah you are right with all the all, all what's going on um the terrible events going on in russia and uh, ukraine i think um yeah maybe i'm being a bit harsh but even, but you know, still expecting more really from Haas, and Alpine are not looking good either, are they? With their reliability, um, they keep um, they got something wrong with their old fuel, aren't they? Interestingly, yeah, Alpine they've um, switched the engine, um, so they have. I think it's a twin. Oh, the same as the Mercedes and Honda concept, isn't it? Twin it's turbo. A, yeah, but, yeah, it's twin turbo. But I think they've. Um, it's obviously their own engine, yeah, uh, because they're the only ones using the Renault engine this season. Um, so yeah, it's. Um, I mean, they've got they've got the L plan. You can about to fall down the stairs. They've got the L plan. I think he's having a chat. They've got the L plan, which is obviously the similar. I think the similar sort of concept to what McLaren are doing, and they've been mm. gradually increasing their performance and developing their car. And now it is, it's guaranteed. It's definitely uh, probably even a po- like hopefully this season a podium runner. Is in a car, uh, potentially. Um, I can see the Alpine plan going either way this season from now, from these regulations. It's either going to be really good or this engine's going to backfire and it's going to be really bad and it's going to be Alonso with his GP2 engine again. Rah, love it. <laughs> <laughs> there we go that's all we need Rah. we love it <laughs> I generally hope not because um, I love Fernando <laughs> I think yeah. he's amazing um, and I, I really want him to do I really want him to do well but um, I'm unfortunately again I'm in the negative side of things I Alpine to me just feels like they're on the back foot I really hope I'm wrong uh, but um, that remains to be seen. Usually, I'm, uh, usually what I say is the opposite. So, any Alpine fans out there, yeah, it might be good actually. <laughs> yeah. So, if if Sean puts Mercedes last, he knows that they're going to win. So, there you go. <laughs> my own Alpine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, obviously, we had a look at the test, and obviously, we saw the liveries. I think the liveries look a lot nicer on the cars when they're actually on track than. They I do don't think the, there's actually uh, any bad ones, concept. to be honest. Even. I wasn't a huge fan of the pink Alpine, but it actually looks quite good 
in the summer. Pink Harping's the best one, isn't it, Sean? Oh, easily, easily. <laughs> Matches that pink headset of yours. That's mm. why. That's why he's. Uh, that's why he's loving it so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think literally, I think all the liveries, like I said, the Aston Martin, I think concept-wise, when well, well not concept-wise, but image-wise, when it came out, was probably the the fan favourite, including myself. I think overall, um, I do like the um, the Mercedes and uh, and the Alpine just for the hell of it because um, uh, it is a bit different. Um, and I think obviously the Red Bull is pretty similar to the Red Bull it's been for the last. 10 years or so. <laughs> so. They do have a new uh, cryptocurrency on there now. I think it's called Byte. <laughs> oh, it's Bitsy, isn't it? Oh, it's a Bitsy. Is it, I isn't it B-I-T-C-I? I thought it was Byte. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> it's worth a lot of money, that is, though, to be fair, so I can understand why they've done it. It's the new, um, it's the new tobacco yeah. stuff, isn't it? Like, Ligier, 10 teams have cryptocurrencies now. Anyway, carry on. Yeah, anyway, well... <laughs> um, so yeah, in, well, interesting enough. Obviously, I think since we did the last one, obviously we've had um, the last sort of couple of liveries come out. Obviously, we had the McLaren livery, which I think looks uh, very nice as well, um, and some other bits and pieces as well, uh, including the Alpine. Um, and then we had the we've had the Alfa Romeo reveal now as well. Um, what's your guys' thoughts on on the Alfa Romeo livery? Is it, is it better or worse? Or it's nice. I I do like it, but sure, your thumb got cut off by the green screen. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I uh, yeah, I do like it, but I, I I don't think there's anything wrong with the old one. It's nice to freshen things up a little bit, but I, I think the last one looked quite quite clean and cool. To be honest, I think maybe mm. change up a little bit. But I think was it one race they had like the Italian flag on yeah the the emblem on the back, and that looked really really good. So I think maybe they should have yeah. kept with that. But I'm not against it. I think there's, like I said, there's not a bad looking car on the grid, to be honest. But I, I, I think I preferred last season's car, to be honest. I love it. I think it's lush. Yeah. I like the um, Alfa Romeo. It's my new favourite. Yeah. I was going to say, I think, um, yeah, I, I can't, I can't fault anybody's livery. I know that there's some that have had minimal changes, like the Red Bull, for example. But I think even the Red Bull looks looks pretty fantastic. Mm. Um, and I think it, like it's a bit like we saw on the in the testing with the side pods and the and the and the design then um, that looked pretty cool as well to be fair. Um, but um, speaking of testing as well on the livery side of things, um, just very quickly we touched on obviously the incidents that's going on in um, in well in Ukraine and, and Russia and that sort of thing. Um, what's happened with the sort of Russian Russian sports in or Russian representatives of. of uh, in sports as well that's happened since then and of course like we've had the likes of Mazepin uh, coming out and obviously saying that he doesn't want this to happen and anything like this to happen he wants peace and everything like that as well which is really good for people like that to come out and say because people in that position of power should or position of sort of mm. uh, visibility from everybody else around should say that sort of thing and should come out and support that thing um, but we've seen in terms of the livery side of things a bit of a change there as well uh, obviously with the sponsors being removed from the Haas as well um, I mean, I, I think, like I said, the the concept behind why they're doing it is is for a good reason. Um, what do you think it's done to the livery itself? Do you think it's made it better or made it worse, or or what? It's a bit of a plain Jane now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I kind of it's, agree. It, it's sort of like going back to sort of brawn vibes, but not as nice at the same time. If you know what I mean. I mean, I, I quite like it, but purely that's because of the fact that. 
the the reason behind the sponsoring and everything was just because of Mazepin and his dad buying his way into it. So that's yeah. why I, I don't think it was a bad looking car, to be honest. I mean, before I think it was, but the way that it kind of flowed with the new car and everything, I think I thought before they removed it, it looked quite nice. But I'm actually kind of a fan. I know, like you said, it is just a plain white car, but it's been a while. <laughs> Since we've kind of, what is he Sorry, doing? I don't know what Sean is doing. Sorry, my laptop's about to die. <laughs> I was trying to be very sly. <laughs> you didn't do a very good job of it. Oh, he disappeared now. Off the screen. Uh, he's yeah, falling off we'll his chair again. We'll, we'll, um, we'll carry on whilst he's uh, <clears throat> sort of sorry, oh, he's back now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, like I said, I've, I've, well, you just touched on it as well, but I think, um, yeah, it, it's. Well, because of the whole situation, I think the the way that the way that the world is dealing with the situation is to is to stop anything any income coming into Russia from sponsorships from funding that sort of thing. So it has affected the affected the teams. I think there was a rumours. Well, there was rumours as well that Mazepin might have lost a seat. I think that has been confirmed that he won't lose his seat now. Uh, but he is not allowed to race at the British Grand Prix um, this season coming up anyway. Um, and I don't know whether that I think because of licensing as well, and because of the sanctions as well. Yeah. But I think also it might it, there might be the case for other other Grand Prix, especially in Europe, uh, yeah. for, for Mazepin as well. Um, and obviously, it's not just in Formula One; it's been in other sports as well, all over the all over the place as well. So, Formula Two. Yeah, well, for, well, for, yeah, Formula Two, but I mean also in yeah, yeah. like in like tennis, football, football. as well, all over the place. So, um, I think yeah, obviously. Once this once this sort of conflict over over in sort of uh, Ukraine and Russia finishes, then we can get back to a bit of normal, um, and then um, hopefully hopefully everything sort of calms down a bit um, very quickly. But um, yeah, I think in terms of the livery side of things, it looks quite nice. Uh, just having just a, a nice sort of white a white car, which we haven't had for a long time. Uh, even the brawn unfortunately had a few sponsors on it at the end of the season anyway. Uh, Virgin. When, when Virgin came along, yeah. So um That was an insult by the way. Oh sorry. <laughs> I thought it was under Sean. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say I'm with Sky, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, so we'll obviously have to see how, how things develop on that one but and that obviously at least at least well, in some cases obviously some people doesn't want, don't want Mansman to be racing in the sport either, but um I think he is in support of well, he wants to promote peace and he doesn't want anything that's going on. And I think, like I said, to ban him from the sport would, when he's got, when he's already got a contract and already got a seat, I think he's probably uh, a bit, a bit too overboard as well. But um, yeah, I mean, there's not much more to add on that really, to be fair than, than what we've done. But um, yeah, I just want to, yeah, I wanted to see our thoughts on, on what's, on what the differences are with the liveries. I think, um, yeah, it'd be a shame if uh, Alfa Romeo couldn't go back to their camo livery instead and use that. So, that was quite nice. They um, wouldn't be able to be seen though. <laughs> ah, yeah, so maybe they would finish one, two every race. You never know. <laughs> but then the cameras wouldn't have picked them up, and the sponsors would be absolutely devastated. If they just um, <laughs> took the transponder out of their car and then That's, just, just put it, on put the it at the finish, line. Yeah. put it at the finish line the, on the la- on the last lap, then they'd be like, "Man, we won." <laughs> Work smarter, not harder. Exactly. Yeah, we've got we've got Alfa Romeo's plans sorted. If they're the worst car, we know what to do. <laughs> Just put the camera livery back on. You sorted. <laughs> but um, I think that's 
pretty much almost it. I was just going to find out there was a couple more that me and Sean were talking about earlier on as well. Um, obviously, the delivery side of things as well. Um, the final little bit was obviously announced last week as well was um, uh, a new team for Formula One. Um, so it was the yeah it was the Andretti Global um, Formula One team, of course, coming in 2024. So it won't be coming for the next couple of seasons, unfortunately, just yet. But it has been announced as um, they're I think they're uh, in the final stages of actually getting the team uh, entered into Formula One. Um, so what are your thoughts on on having having first off, what's your thoughts not on Andretti on the Andretti side of things, but what's your thoughts about having more teams on the grid? Uh, let's go to Sean then first. Well, you know how much I love it. <laughs> it's um, it's a big bugbear of mine. Um, there needs to be more teams on the grid. I think having only twenty cars and ten teams on a Formula One grid is, it's not good at all. It's terrible. Um, there needs to be, um, in my opinion, the full grid for Formula One is twenty six cars. Last time we had twenty six cars on F one grid was um, Monaco ninety five. I mean, that's ridiculous. We should be having. People should uh, like teams, car manufacturers should be scrambling to get onto that F one onto this F one grid. Um, and I'm a big I'm a big fan of um, new teams coming in. Um, yeah, 2010 it backfired, but hopefully with this budget cap, it will uh, it will like align the playing field a bit. And has proved that they can do it really well. Yeah, their business model is a bit um, interesting with the partnership with Ferrari. But at the end of the day, it got it got them in. It got them. It got them through the door, and uh, they made a very good fist of things. They've fallen down the grid recently, um, unfortunately. But um, and uh, I, as you've heard already, I want them to be back up there, well, at least in the midfield. But Andretti is a that's a big yes for me. I was a bit um, I was a bit disappointed by the negative feedback, and I was also disappointed with well negative feedback from teams, I should say, because McLaren, uh, because I think Zach Brown said about it, and the FIA was saying about. How um, how we're not looking for new teams at the moment, which is not great, really, because they should be looking for new teams. Uh, until we've got a full grid, there should be new. Te- they should be looking for new teams. Yeah, well, that's good. Grant over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I mean, well, my, well, from my point of view, like I said, I think having, I'm, I don't know. I think maybe another couple of teams, or sorry, adding another four drivers or so, would mm. also be a good sort of ballpark to at least aim for um so yeah like i said when if they're saying oh we don't want to look at adding teams obviously they're not looking to add them right make right away anyway because obviously this is only gonna be 2024 so in two more se- two more seasons to go before that um but yeah i think like you said having more teams on the grid will only make it a more entertaining sport and a more uh, more watch sport as well um have, yeah. and encourage more fans and more people to, to, to partake in it as well um, just as as a spectator, or as, as as something to do, as a as as part of the um part of the Formula One experience, sort of thing. So, yeah, I, I don't see why it would be a negative thing to add more teams. Um, Emerson, have you you do, do you want to add more teams? Or, yeah, you, you, yeah, yeah, I, I kind of just <laughs> completely agree. It's completely if they do come in, it would be great to have the Andretti name back in Formula One as well. Um, but yeah, I think minimum twenty four cars, definitely twelve teams. It's just, it's just way, way, more, way more better. Yeah, yeah, that's my opinion. Well, Short but sweet about that. That's good. Um, <laughs> what I was gonna what I was gonna float in there as well is um, what about having three, three drivers per or three cars per team. I mean, if they couldn't get more teams involved, then I suppose that could be another way around doing it. Um, I wouldn't be completely against it. 
but um, I know a lot of people would be because you imagine having a Mercedes one, two, three on the podium. Some people probably wouldn't be a huge fan of it. So <laughs> that'd be great. Yeah, get Bottas back be. in the Mercedes. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Sean, any any thoughts on three three car teams? I gotta say that would really look very satisfying, though, wouldn't it? On the same team on the podium with the same constructors. Oh, I imagine if all of them lined Ooh. up as it was three, three, three. That'd be fantastic. Or oh, uh, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> oh, my OCD is going like out the window, and I'm like, whoa. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, two. Um, I'm traditionalist. Two teams. I because I was speaking very heavily about this three car team in um, 2005 or six or something like that. Um, may have even been later than that actually because when I think that they was having a recession issue wasn't it and like loads of manufacturers were just dropping out and they was talking about it like um, about free car teams it's very interesting it's interesting but no I'm a traditionalist two, te- uh, two cars per team uh, 26 cars get Oscar Piastri in there you know and drivers that shouldn't be no disrespect to Formula E but I feel that some drivers have, uh, in Formula E should probably have been given a chance in F1. I mean, John Eric Verne didn't deserve to lose a seat, and uh, people like that. Uh, Buemi probably didn't deserve to lose a seat. I quite like Nick Cassidy for some unknown reason. Don't know why. <laughs> He's just Pascal a random guy. Pascal Verlon, yeah. Like yeah, the list goes did. on. List goes on, and um, like Nick De Vries, um, F2 championship uh, crack in F1. Um, in my opinion, yeah. maybe not David Davide Valsecchi. I love I love him as a commentator, but I thought as a race driver, he's a bit naff. <laughs> it's a bit odd that, uh, and I think um, I think we've spoken about this before as well that the F2 champion doesn't get a seat. He doesn't. Well, you might not get a seat in Formula One, um, so you're kind of stuck there in a bit of limbo waiting. Um, so, like you said, having more teams, or even having either way, having having more cars the grid whichever way they do it would be good because then you have that op- more opportunity for that sort of thing to happen where somebody can come up and and at least or somebody can come up or even like I said the drivers that deserve an f1c like piastri as well mm. could have that opportunity or have more of an opportunity to get into formula because there's more cars physically yeah. to race in um so yeah i i said i think going back to the the actual point about having more cars on the grid, I think it would be a fantastic idea to to implement that. I think you'd have a problem with it on some tracks, uh, just because of the types of tracks they are. Um, oh, they're the world's best drivers, Alex. They should be able to navigate them around, themselves around Monaco. No. I'm, instead of Piastri, I'm nominating Sean Meek. Mm. <laughs> Maybe not Monaco. We'll no. A few seat adjustments, I think, would definitely be needed. Excuse me. What? <laughs> Outrageous! Wow. I'm an athlete. Harsh. I'm an athlete, Emerson. I don't want yeah, to it's been because of the big muscles that you've got. Of course, oh, yeah. Big muscles, yes. <laughs> what did you think of that? <laughs> oh, must have been my big feet, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I say about big feet? Big, big socks. socks. <laughs> oh, we're not going into that because I got I got real bad <laughs> pair of socks on at the moment, and they're really holy. <laughs> oh, dear. And they're on as well. Totally. I've just, just realised one's Tuesday and one's Saturday. That's what I've been mo- finishing about for the last two minutes. It's been annoying me. Anyway, let's <laughs> let's let's move on. <laughs> no, I think that is the end of the topic. So I think... Uh, it's a great we, way we, to end it. Sean's only socks. Yeah, Sean has ended it on a brilliant note there. Um, fantastic stuff indeed. Thank you very much for tuning in, for joining us for the uh, for the fourth episode of the In, in the Cockpit podcast. Of course, we'll hopefully be back uh, next week um, to uh, to enlighten you with some, hopefully some, I think next week probably will be our predictions for our 
um, for our constructors and the drivers for the for the grid for next season coming up. So um, hopefully myself and Sean will be able to um, put together some uh, some decent lists. Um, and it won't be decent. Why. <laughs> oh, It'll be a list, uh, uh, but it won't be decent. <laughs> put a list together. Then in that case, we'll have a list for you, and we can just we can show you a bit of paper on the screen or something, uh, and then that'll do. Um, but um, yeah, so stay tuned for that, of course. Hopefully, coming up next week. Um, but yeah, so uh, thanks very much for watching, guys, and see you later. Ciao for now.